It is time for us on this Friday morning to check in on all the stories that have been happening. Well, some of them in the United States this week, because there's always a very long list. But let's go to Reggie Giacchini, our Global News Washington correspondent. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning. I have to ask you about this case of this missing girl, this 14-year-old girl. She disappeared from Arizona, what was it, four years ago, three years ago? And now she turns up in Montana? Turns up in Montana, you know, 2,400-ish miles away or 1,000 miles away from uh, from. Glendale, Arizona. Uh, she walked into a police station on Sunday morning in uh, in a Montana town right near the Canadian border. Uh, said that she is, uh, you know, the person that ran away from home. She had originally left a note saying that she was sorry for running away and that she would be back. Uh, and there have been developments since Sunday in that on Wednesday night, uh, police surrounded a, a home in and around the police station uh, and took a man into custody uh, where neighbors say that a girl who looks like a picture that police had handed out was seen then coming out of the house again. And there are now questions here whether Stockholm Syndrome is playing a, a role into this. But at the end of the day, the mother has come out to say that there is just like an overwhelming sense of emotion in the fact that she now has found yeah. her daughter after all these years. And I know the police have said, no, no, they're using the word victim here. They believe she is a victim. They believe she's a victim. Uh, there are also reports uh, that there may be um, a developmental challenge or, or a mental health issue as well. Uh, and they are not trying to portray uh, the girl here, at least in any kind of negative light. Uh, but they also say that this is not right. the end of the investigation. It is it is just beginning from where they're looking at it. OK, I, I keep trying to read up on that one because I feel like there's still so many more questions and answers at this point on that. And I'm just glad to hear that she's okay. Uh, I also want to ask you this morning about how happy you are to be covering UFOs this week, because it feels to me like everybody is talking about this House Oversight Committee uh, testimony that happened. So, look, I, I covered it. and, <laughs> on, and I, What do you really think, Reggie? Tell I, us. I listened to it and, you know, it, it there are two different ways to look at this. Number one, um, it is a Republican-led committee, and at times, parts of this hearing started to move down that path of this is why we shouldn't trust the government. This is why we shouldn't have faith in you know the Biden administration because they're not being square with the people. And and there was a risk that that could potentially turn into something else because that's what these committees often um, can find themselves doing. But then at the same time, you have people that are testifying saying that the government is holding non-human biologics and that they have pieces of of alien spacecraft but the witnesses then wouldn't go into any kind of testimony and they wouldn't go on the record even though one of the witnesses is on the record on a US network talking about all of these things and it yeah. just raises questions here what was the point of any of this because if there was an effort here for republicans to try to blow the lid off some big government cover up it 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 just failed Okay, so that's interesting then. So they wouldn't go officially on the record, but you're right. They have been everywhere talking about this. Yes, and, and look, there is there is a broader effort here in the United States uh, between NASA, between the Defense Department to open up and be more transparent about these kinds of sightings because they can pose risks to pilots or things in the air or national security. So there's a broader effort here to remove the stigma of talking about these kinds of things. But at the same time, you know, I talked to an astrophysicist that day who said, look, Occam's razor is here for a reason oftentimes the simplest explanations are um you know the easiest ones or the easiest ones are the ones to go after just because you see lights doesn't mean that it's aliens sometimes there are just other things in space that you're seeing okay <laughs> you must have had a great week covering this now another story that it does feel like in the last 24 hours everybody is talking about is reggie first i want you to have a listen to this cooperation 
and a string of Yeah, that was awkward. That was Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell had a moment of kind of freezing in silence there. And I have to ask, what happened? We don't know. He came out not long after uh, and said he was fine. Uh, and, and, you know, it is awkward. It's also concerning to see yes. somebody in that kind of position. Um, and, you know, nobody nobody kind of shouted to ask what was going on. They just let the moment play out. He came back. He's not talking about it. But it is raising a much larger question in Washington here uh, linked to the age of people who are in elected positions. Look, Mitch McConnell is 81 years old. He had clearly a medical moment there. Yesterday, Dianne Feinstein, 90 years old, uh, a Democratic senator, was asked to answer I or no for a defense appropriation oh, bill. This, yeah. And she started reading from prepared remarks and they had to tell her what to do. Here you have 80 and 90 year olds in serving positions in the Senate. You have 70 and 80 year olds running for presidency or sitting in the Oval Office right now. And it is that question at what age is too old to be in positions of power. And and we're seeing the kind of effects of that play out in real time. Yeah, I mean, look at the two top front runners for the presidential race. You've got President Joe Biden, who is is 80, right? 80, 81? Yes, he'll, and would be well into his 80s at the end of a second term. Okay. And then you've got Donald Trump running for president who is almost 80. Who is almost 80 uh, and, and you know, is said to be or believes himself to be in better shape than Joe Biden. But at the end of the day, again, you have two men who are at an advanced age uh, who at, you know, the vice president is always said to be one breath away or one, you know, one failed heartbeat away from the presidency. Those are real concerns now as you look at two people vying for the Oval Office who are nearing uh, the upper ages of, of, you know, where people often try to stop working. It is interesting that there is an age limit, like a there's a young age limit. There's a certain age you have to be before you can run for president, but there's no upper age limit on this. Yeah, you can be you have to be 35, but there is no upper age limit. And there have been conversations sparked of do we need term limits for senators? Do we need term limits for uh, for people in the House? Uh, there's term limits, obviously, on the presidency, but there is no age limit. And I think that is going to become a much bigger conversation, especially as you start to see younger members of Congress get elected in. OK, boy. And since we talked about the presidential race, we should just weigh in on these indictments that happened this week for former President Donald Trump. What's that all about? So we're waiting on an indictment still in D.C. We thought it would happen yesterday. That didn't happen. The grand jury in D.C. meets again on Tuesday. Uh, and this is linked to election interference and what happened on January 6th. And then last night, a surprise announcement out of Florida where Jack Smith uh, added new charges to the indictment that was already levied, uh, a superseding indictment this was. Uh, and it alleges that uh, there was an effort to kind of tamper with or delete surveillance footage at Mar-a-Lago directed by Donald Trump uh, to evade government officials and make it difficult for them or impossible for them to pick up and find the documents that they were trying to come and get. Another charge also laid against Trump for willfully holding on to national security material. And this is linked to, uh, we heard him on tape, talking about boasting about holding a piece of paper linked to a potential attack on Iran. The government now says they have the information, they have the paper. So he's been hit with another, um, you know, uh, classified document charge, uh, making it 32 in total. This is this is big, uh, especially with a trial that's now been set for next May. All right, Reggie, thank you for that. Happy Friday. You too. That's Reggie Giacchini, our Washington correspondent for Global News, bringing us up to date on some of the stories happening in the United States this week. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.